Gibbs. Chance rain down here from Cowboys Nation. Deuce again. Deuce in the end zone. Deuce Vaughn for six and Dallas has the lead. And I, I feel better about so far what we've been able to accomplish out here against each other. Uh, each and every year in, in this league, September football is different. We recognize that. Uh, we feel our plan is is very good uh, to make sure we're ready to go against the Giants. That's right, Big Mike. We ramp up even further. We're beyond Jacksonville now, on to Seattle, and in just three weeks, we square off in New York versus the Giants. We're going to talk about it. Episode 8, coming up next. Microphone check. Welcome to another episode of Chasing the Rabbit. Episode 8. Welcome to the rabbit hole. To my right, we have Scott, aka That Won't Make the Show. And to my left, we have Ben. I ain't got shit this week, fellas. That won't make the show. Nice for y'all to join me tonight. And I have shit this week. I'm glad y'all listened in yeah. to join us. We're going to talk about a few things. Talk about Micah. Maybe Zach Martin's deal. See what's up with tomorrow night. Maybe do a little uh, recap of last week's game if anybody's into it. We'll just see where the show takes us. But before we start, how's everybody week? Got a good week? Feel like you had a good week? Good to be here. Good to see you. Scotty, good to see you. Good to see you both. Had a pretty productive week. Good week, yeah. I will say I don't want to bring up the weather in general, but I see these heat advisories every day on the phone, and my thought, this is going to sound bad, my thought is, well, damn, I feel bad for those people because I live under the air conditioner 24-7, and if that son of a bitch goes out, I'm a dead man. (laughs) I see 110 out there today. I'm like, well... That's like 38 degrees hotter than I'm going to feel. Has your landlord had somebody come out and service your AC? Yes, and that's why I'm so confident he does it every year. It's a, it's a, the the system itself's like two years old. It's a big son of a bitch. There you go. 1,500 or so square feet. So I'm blasting. You're good. Just like the intro. You're good. Yep. Your house is sealed up. No leaks. Thanks to a friend that helped me with that recently. Yes, I can report no leaks on the, uh, Windows and doors. How'd that 110 feel to you today? Uh, I, like Scott, chose to stay in the comfort of my own home where I opened my windows and turned on my box fan. And it was, uh, honestly, pretty pleasant day, pretty pleasant afternoon. Uh, but Scott, like you, I, I do stay inside the AC. But unlike you, I don't feel bad for the people that are out there. I see a cat or a dog outside, and I'm like, Damn, that, that sucks. They're used to that. No, well, I was like, well. No, I feel bad for the cats and yeah. dogs. Come, I'll get you water, I'll get you food. I feel for them like, go fetch you a puddle, little guy. Is that inhumane? I'm just, you know, I would feel like if I were out no, there. No, it's an animal. How could it even be inhumane? 
Well, we, like love, we love the pets. I do feel badly for them, but just stay hydrated, stay in here, don't go out. I'm a vampire, so I will say, why do I stay in this godforsaken place with this kind of weather in the winter? I'm like, okay, uh, the answer that no one wants to hear, you can call it a cop-out answer, is family. So I'm telling you. Yeah. It's nice to have family family close. Yeah, I'm loving my parents and everything, but when these two people shuffle off this thing... You might be out of here. I am, yes. Where are you off? You're off the Yeah, see, that's the question. You're off to the tropics. Where is it that you will find life better? Where will Zen be? In a place (laughs) that at 11 p.m. it's not 102 degrees. Right. So something just a little little south of scorching as hot. Steady weather year round. I just can't do with the eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, one o'clock. We're getting well, some relief. It's it's ninety eight degrees outside with eighty five percent humidity. Okay, do you just want the closest place to here that fits that temperature range you're talking about, or do you want that temperature range far, far away? We talked a few weeks ago. It's like, yeah, I don't necessarily. I, I still want this end of the extreme. I will take this end, but I'm not looking for Mankato, Minnesota. I'm looking for Topeka, Kansas type shit okay. or the Carolinas, that okay. sort of oh, right. something of that nature. Just relief at yeah. 10 San p.m. Diego would be happy to have you. Yes, I know you have you have enjoyed San Diego in your life. I mean, the weather is it's well, perfect year round. Is it boring? Do you think that would be boring every day? 70 degrees. 65? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> I just want I want my I want that same weather. I just want it on a white sandy beach with crystal blue water at my doorstep. I, I do say that it, I find some excitement in April and May when I see Delcus up there saying, Okay, everybody in Decatur, everybody in Denton County, find shelter. I find that to be fun. Would I get that in San Diego, you know, when the twisters come through? Well, um, don't know if y'all heard uh, this little tidbit on the ticket earlier today. Uh, there was a story that Gordo talked about happened in Dell City, Oklahoma. Did y'all hear this on the? Yeah. It was like Gordo's corner this morning. Uh, there was a murder at a playground at an elementary <laughs> school where a brother killed his sister. And, and what ages are we talking about? I <laughs> uh, think that he was 27. What? <laughs> she, she, they're in their 20s. At a playground. At a children's at a playground. elementary school playground. Okay. Um, Not as horrific as I originally thought. And uh, every day. It's fun to listen to the newscast Brother because the way they talk, the way they introduce the story to the newscast is hilarious but it goes on to say that uh, the siblings were at the playground having sex and okay. then I mean, it why went, not? you're about to murder them then it went too far and the sibling got murdered police here say that the siblings were having sex on that playground that you were just talking about and things went too far how and how did it go too far wouldn't it be too far already well, I think murder's if too the far. the siblings were having sex? So, let me jump no, in here. because they went further. <laughs> I'm going to jump in here and let, let's stop this right now. So, I can hear, I didn't hear it, but I can hear Gordon building layer by layer on this story. He's going to start, and then we may even do the red flags. Ding, ding. Oh, no, yeah. In fact, he right, started okay. off with okay. name the red flags. Right, so I can hear Craig in the background, oh, red flag, ding, ding. Okay, so. A Florida man. <laughs> 
accused to of riding his horse Three. while intoxicated <laughs> Four. during a police chase. Five. I know Gordo without having heard this. He starts with one fact. That's not enough. We're going to give the. That's the way you did it. That's okay. exactly how you, you. I mean, you verbatim. Okay. So. Started off with the. There was a murder. Mm-hmm. Then it was siblings murdered. A- elementary school. Dell playground. Dell City. Where? Dell City, Oklahoma. Okay. So yeah, you were asking which part was. was I mean, at some uh, isn't having sex on the playground already going too far? On the playground, we, no, start with there. your sibling. Uh, the reason it's not going too far is because you're having sex with your sister. Isn't so that, that already point, too far? That's why I need the playground. No, I'm saying when the when the reporter was like, and then things got to went too far. Uh-huh. Well, wasn't it already too far that the fact that a brother and sister were having sex? I'm gonna find this story and cut it up for this. I swear to God, I will. You're gonna love the uh, yeah. reporters. And uh, the, yeah, because because she's very. She didn't like. Oh, oh my gosh! She was just like, and they were having sex on the playground, and then it went too far. And someone got murdered. <laughs> okay. Yep. Well. Yeah. We'll be using it. Yes. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It's a little fun story from I Dell City, that that's Oklahoma. Fun. But it is a story from Dell City, Oklahoma. There's some. I, I, there's I, some I, humor. A brother some and humor sister there. have sex on a playground, and one murders the other. It's yes. not a fun story. And the uh, police say that this is the, the first time they've had interaction with this family. Uh, they've been called to their residence many a time, uh, and they believe this was not premeditated. They just happened to be on drugs, and we're having a really good time. And he went like you know too far. Do I? Oh uh, yeah. Do they cohabitate the brother and sister? I do not know that part of the story. All right. I will reserve judgment on this story until I see picture of this brother and sister. And at you might that not point, see I will lay down my gavel. Well, I bring these things to uh, we'll the table. We'll have to get their name out I there. bring these things to the table because I know, as our news reporter of the show, that you will deep dive into a story I'm like this. I'm going to deep dive into will, the pictures. You're going to find out I'm going to drop the gavel. You're going to find some info out. So, I'll see. I'll you see know. I mean, I don't know what more there is to find out. Yes. That's why we have them on the show, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's our weekly, weekly update. In fact, when we hit a lull, so go fetch. we throw it to the newsman, well, and he'll give us the local news of the day. Since you brought us in so dark... I do know of a former NFL football player, I believe second, third round draft pick, Green Bay Packers, went on to become a serial killer terrorizing the West Coast. With the 428th pick in the 1974 NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers selected one of the most violent killers in U.S. history. No one is saying football led Randall Woodfield down his dark path. But did it perhaps deter him, at least for a while? I mean, since you since you already went there with the playground. How old is this guy? In the 70s. Oh, wow. Never knew, never knew it. He was apparently some... Uh, was he a known player? Not really. His All his teammates went to Portland State University. All his teammates were Portland shocked State. that he got drafted. Like well, They drafted that guy? So shout out to Lynn Dickey. You're safe today. It's not you. Lynn Dickey, you're safe. <laughs> you're safe. Yeah. Well, but, per- but perhaps for another day, I will, another I will, day. I will bring this more to the forefront so that we know, you know, because, okay, here's the thing. I see these things that, and, and somebody, do, like, like you're talking about the Dell City, right? And they'll go interview P- 
people who knew these guys, right? And they'll be like, I would have never thought that he'd have f***ed his sister and then killed her. He was always nice. Wave to me and help me carry my groceries. We got Dallas Cowboys content coming. Yeah, true <laughs> enough. True enough. But so in that vein, now I'm looking at everybody else, and I'm going to go ahead and suspect them of. So when the news comes to me and says, hey, you know, Aaron did this and that, I'll be like, yeah, I'm not really surprised. I'm not shocked. I really thought that he could do that. I thought he had it in him. I bet so you I'll delve pre- into these dudes. The sheriff sure sounded like he wasn't all that shocked that this happened. But with that said, mm-hmm. try to come with something more. Why positive. don't we talk about the big, great news that came down this week? Oh yeah, we got number seventy back in the building. Hello. Now, now, now what do you say? What do you say to Jerry? <laughs> exactly. We you, say we say we knew this exactly would happen. The exact thing. A little ahead of my schedule, though. I'll be honest. I think he was a little ahead of everybody's schedule. But I think they I took like uh, advantage of that the fact that they were all back uh-huh. here. And let's just get business mm-hmm. taken care of right now. Yeah, Jerry's usually the, the deadline make deals type of guy. We'll push it as far as we can. Not this time. No, no. Again, just that smart business I feel like we've been doing. Nothing lost. No. You know, we're, we got him right no. when we need him. I think that uh, what he got, too, was exactly kind of what we all thought he would probably get. I mean, I don't know that we even talked exact numbers, but definitely a bump. But the guarantee was the kicker. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the guarantee was part of it. Uh, he wouldn't have got it done just with the guarantee, but he got a 30% raise. The Cowboys put it in two future years, not to bore everybody to tears here, but they put it in two voidable future years, uh, eight and a half million. So he goes up the an- annual annual value, the average annual value. There I go. Uh, goes from 13 and a half to 18 on the final two years or thereabouts, making it least competitive for Zach Martin. I think the numbers are great. I never thought he wanted to be the top paid offensive lineman, the top paid mm-hmm. guard. I don't think he cared about that. I think he cared about getting paid what he felt he was worth and guarantee these two years, you know. So my money's guaranteed, and you don't do me like you just did Zeke and kick me to the curb when it suits you. And I know that I'm walking away with $36 million guaranteed. I, I think it's a great deal for us. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's a good deal for Zach. I think Zach could have got more had he <clears throat> played harder ball. But I, I think it's a really good deal for us. And it, I do like that we kind of, if he does sustain this level, we are kind of already tied into him and covered there. If he does, you know, and we just work the money. But we right. kind of got him under contract if all goes well. Well, at 32, you only have so much leverage, no matter how good you are. The kind of the kind of neg- the hard the hard stance stuff would come when you're like 28 at your peak, which is when he had the last deal to become the highest paid guard. Um, so he gets the you know he gets the the bump at eight and a half for both the future years, and, and it sort of mitigates the 850k he's going to have to give back. Uh, I would say finally, the good thing about de- uh, for Zach. And you guys already know this, and it's probably just as important. He comes in on on week three of training camp. He has one padded practice or two padded practices, and he calls it a day. Final padded practice, I believe, was Wednesday. He was in there for a couple of days and got in his work. Mm-hmm. Yes, like you said, that nice timing. He's been working out like a freak. And He's I been- do I do stand corrected because yeah. I was saying that was a good deal for Zach Martin from my point of view, but you're correct. You brought that up to us last week about what these guys at that age are commanding and what they're commanding and have been, it's really a great deal for Zach, too. 
I think it's a good deal for him. Win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win. But it was good to have him back, and everybody seemed to be super pumped that he was back. Terrence Steele said he, like, literally hugged him and wouldn't let go of him. And McCarthy's like, man, we were all high-fiving and cheering in the coaches' meetings, you know? I mean... (laughs) He he is probably I would say I'm forward thinking here if you if you will allow me that he is still one of the top guards in the NFL I would say with respect to this offensive line which could be a good unit uh, so he might be I mean Tyler Smith I think is going to be an explosive guard I think he might be your best overall offensive lineman him or Zach I think Zach's probably just inches over him experience mm-hmm. and then that I think good. you're looking at Steele and then uh, I mean. I am happy for Tyler for Tyron that he's back at left tackle. I'm not going to get too far off tangent here, but at left tackle because he struggled a bit at right, and you know he's going to miss some games, and that's you know understood. Um, but yeah, you have a chance with Zach being in there this to be the middle of your line, which has not been the case for many years, to be a bit of a rock for your offense. It's not moving. It's not moving. If Tyler keeps playing pretty good because he's had a pretty good uh, training camp. Uh, no, that's a really good interior, man. Uh-huh. You know. Man, and if we get God. lucky and Tyron stays healthy for 17 games, that's – I mean, if, if all of them could stay healthy for 17 games plus playoffs, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume your, your interior offensive line is going to remain relatively healthy, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Your two tackles are the question, so I would say, uh, just put it like this, if they play, you know, 75% of the games and they're there in January, if, we, if we're there in January and they're playing, I think that's that's a win, a big win for yeah. this friend. If we have to shuffle one of these guys around because we lose a tackle, because somebody's out, misses time, then that's going to mess up that whole interior thing that you just got me all excited about. It won't be ideal, but I think Dallas is you are right. Do we have anybody else we can throw a tackle? Right. You have, the, you have I would say, better than average depth uh, there because you're not dealing with a lot of first-year guys, but you have some guys that uh, a pretty established uh, offensive line that you can plug in. You know, guys like we don't love them, but Forniak will let's go. Then you got a Doga. So as depth goes, I think he's your swing tackle. So as depth goes, you, you probably are in better position. But, yeah, if you lose one of those guys and you have to swing – Tyler Smith out and move Tyron here. Yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah, I would be I would be inclined to believe that if Tyron goes down with an injury, misses a game, misses several games, whatever, I think Tyler bumps out. Yeah, I do too. And uh, I am not all that upset and worried about our backup guard situation. Um, my boy Brock. Yeah, how do you do? Let me say Brock Hoffman. Uh, man, he looks like he has sealed up the backup center position, backup center guard position. Uh, and this dude was an undrafted free agent last year. That's was on Cleveland, got kicked. We picked him up, didn't just hung on to him and worked with him. And, uh, man, he's playing his butt off. Um, also, what I looked at, what I read the other day was, is that the grades that out of that Jacksonville game, um, TJ Bass – Graded the best out of the backups, and Asim Richards got a lot of run, and he's been getting run at tackle and guard. So I think we got some guys yeah. that can fill in at that guard position, having Tyler and Tyler bookended in that yeah 
younger player. Throw it in with Farniak and Walesko. You, know, you yes. got a lot of interior And those depth. guys are still, I mean, the, the. You're just working on your pecking order. Steele's backup is one of those guys. Which one was it? Farniak is the backup right tackle? Well, let me go so far as to say, I think, uh, yeah, Seam Richards. Did you say Seam Richards? Mm-hmm. It's probably uh, you're looking at backup. It could go either way, but I would say tackle, depending on what Odoga does uh, in terms of recovery. But in terms of two guys you mentioned, Hoffman and Bass, those guys went from long shot, I would say. Now they have an honest 50-50. I would say in Hoffman's case, given his position, a, a true 50-50 shot, depending on how he performs. And Bass, let me just say this. Bass was one of those guys you noticed because he was extended playing time and the, and the guys in front of him didn't play so well or around him didn't play as well. But he actually graded out, like you said, he graded out well. And for a guy who doesn't have tremendous athletic, you know, marginal athletic profile, uh, his intelligence, his adaptability really showed up when I watched it again. And I think uh, he is he is one of those guys uh, that can probably find a way to hang on. If not here somewhere, but I hope it's here. I hope it's here. I like him. I think there's versatility there, too, because he played left tackle a lot in college. Right, that's where he played most of it uh-huh. at Oregon. But I would say for a guy that's undrafted who had a uh, questionable athletic uh, ability, for the guy who, I mean, he's going to see a lot of snaps these last two games. The guy has given him an honest shot. He's undrafted. For us, for us to even have this conversation, it's a testament to his yeah. his, his work. Well, I know you were hyping him up, Aaron. Uh, you know, as uh, one of our undrafted free agents from the I liked him. I liked him when we signed uh, him. I'm, I'm wanting to see what he does tomorrow if he builds out. With the, like, kind of like you said, you had to go back and watch it again because the unit was a little funky. Yeah. And so you had to really go back and just, like, watch these players. But he did have a good game. If he follows that up with another good game, it's going to be a numbers crunch down there, but he's got that versatility, and you start weighing, man, will this guy really make it to my practice squad? Or he could be making his way onto this team, dude. I don't think I don't think Ball makes the 53. No, no, I, I, and neither does Al I think Corona. that between the guys that we just named, all the guys that you just named, Scott, I don't see how he's ahead of any of those guys. Well, may I pose a question? Um, we were talking about maybe – when we lose a tackle, now we got to move with this guard out and then bring a backup guard in. You know, uh, did, do y'all have any interest in Jason Peters? I do not myself okay. at this time. They may at the end of camp say, you know, that's a luxury we can afford. With the Jacksonville game, uh, one or two guys, maybe even three guys, could actually be performing at an acceptable level. But the offensive line, I think, uh, having watched the game, I think you guys would agree, was the absolute worst unit of any of the units. And I would say that for both teams. Um, and that's normal uh-huh. when you're talking about first preseason game. That's why you see defenses dominate. You know, it's, it takes so much time and, and reps to get offensive lines on the same page because, you know, you know, they have to know the right and left hand. You know, they have to know what each other is doing. And these guys have limited reps together. Yeah, that's what I have on the offensive line. Glad yeah. to talk about this more. But I want to see what else you have on the game well, last week. Or Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just curious because I know you were watching Austin Richards. Do you see him as a guard or a tackle? Right or now, both. they're non-committal on it. Myself, I see them more as a tackle. I think. Okay. Oh, I like to hear that. Mm-hmm. Right. I like to hear that. Yeah, because when they drafted him, all I, all I was seeing was running him at guard. But they've been running him at both. Mm-hmm. No, this could change simply on the because in camp, not so great. Like guys like Earl Bostic, uh Jr. may not have flashed like they thought. But uh-huh. again, practice some squad. of these guys are practice squads. Mm-hmm. Some might just get cut out right. So. Um, 
Yeah, let's let's call them a, a tackle at this time. Yeah. Depending on how they how they hold their linemen and, st- and stack them. Speaking of those tough cuts, and speaking of last week's game, you saw who showed out. It's going to make really tough calls on the tight end room. John Stevens. Uh, John Stevens John showed out to the point Stevens that I'm I'm nervous for Peyton Hendershot. Is, I really am. Is he's been having a great camp. Mm-hmm. Hendershot. So, I mean. I don't. I'm, I I understand where you're coming from because I thought the same thing. They don't necessarily need two of the same thing, but I don't think they're going to give up on Hendershot. I don't either. Just because but, but, of Stevens, I think they'll yeah. carry them both. But it could, if it came, Steve, I'm just saying the way Stevens has been playing <sighs> and the dynamic that he can bring to yeah. the team, maybe it's too early to count on it. You know, maybe you want to stay a little more solid there. See what he But does. if you are in a numbers crunch where you're considering a couple people. You know, and maybe you keep a Lipke over a Hendershot or something, or you know, another receiver. I don't know. I don't know what the. But I, and I first time ever I've had my doubts on him making the uh, slim chance. Yeah. But still. So the thing about John Stevens is they're calling him actually on the roster. They're calling him a wide receiver. Are now, they? Yeah. So we know that that's going to be a numbers game for him, and they might yes. have to find a way that we go. We talked about that Tyler Lipke thing last week with, with. Uh, Trying to remember the tight end uh, that's Canadian name. Uh, McEwen. McEwen. Golly, I'm embarrassed. That'll get cut for sure. Uh, <laughs> that won't make the show. It'll make it. Make it'll show. make it. But uh, yeah, they're calling him a. You know, and I think of him more as a Noah Brown type or clone that size. He has a limited athletic. You know, he ran a four six. He's about six five two twenty. But he flashes on the field when you see him. You think tight end. I think tight end. Yeah. Um, and he probably plays more tight end. I know when he was at Louisiana. Uh, you know. Uh, he he was more an inline tight end. Now we talked about this last week. He's yeah. detached from the formation, but he does he can get downfield. He can get vertical, and you can match him up. So, yeah, I like the matchup of playing him at tight end. Yeah. So Dallas at least last year, I think it was going to continue. They ran more multiple tight end sets than any team in the NFL. And a guy like McEwen probably has a lot of sway with the coaches, especially the special teams. He's probably one of those Swiss Army nice guys that you have towards the end of your roster. Personally, I think he's it's a little less than 50-50 for him being here. Uh, but the thing you were talking about with Ferguson and, and Schoonmaker are, these are two, um, I would say, two guys that we really haven't had on the roster at the same time, which are two stout blocking tight ends who can get out. Schoonmaker's going to be a little more uh, adept at getting vertical uh, than, uh, than Ferguson, but those are two ex-Big Ten tight ends that cut their teeth in the run game. What else did you like from last week? I know you want to talk uh, about it. Man, I like the first play of the game. So the interception yes. to Wanya Thomas. Yes. That's how you come out and make a name for yourself. This He's guy been having a great camp. Right. Man. This guy's been uh-huh. uh, on the on the short list of really surprise, uh, surprising players, rookies, uh, Wanya Thomas. I, I've been pulling for Eric Scott. Um, but he did not have a good game. Uh, maybe a little uh, nervous. I mean, it's a big stage I for him. I think that his, he'll be better And he settled tomorrow. in. He'll be better tomorrow. And I've been wanting to watch Nishan right now. I still, uh, boss man, I got him on my, he, you know. He, but I'm for the best man winning. They want him to make the team because they love his special teams ability. You're talking about Wanye, who, was, who, was, who had the big play to open the game. Uh, thought McQuamu was up and down, but got a lot of work, which is great, and was, was made some plays. Uh Got beat on the one touchdown early, but you know, and then of course uh, Marquise Bell, who I thought flashed really well. Yeah, yeah. You told us to be watching. I mean, him. another position where when the cut day comes, we're going to be cutting some really good players. Uh-huh. 
We, we can't keep all of them. And we got some, I mean, our safety depth, that is insane how our depth at safety room. has just changed in Sa- three the whole, years. The whole defensive backfield. Oh, don't get me started on the entire defensive side of the ball. Oh, yeah. Need, need oh, yeah, I, I not you. remind you of yeah, 2020? That that d- depth across the, the whole team is why I woke up and I'm like, whoa, Peyton Hendershot, he might not make this team because we could get to a numbers crunch there because we're wanting to keep an uh, extra DB or extra defensive end. And it could bubble over and say, hey, I got a guy who can – I got Lipke who can do a little bit of this. You know what I mean? Or, I, or uh, you know, John Stevens, maybe uh, Jalen, uh, you know, you're on my practice squad at receiver, you know. It just the numbers crunch all around of keeping the best 53 yes. is going to be nice. I would say on the off- on the defensive side of the ball, your depth is good. I yeah. would say specifically yeah. on that side of the ball. Yes. Offense, yeah. Uh, but defense, you see a lot of you, – you get excited about some of those position groups. Uh, defensive end, uh, you're going you're going five deep when you get to Fowler. Okay, that's, I know. That's pretty yeah. strong. If you're counting Micah. Now, I don't own always, but there, you know, if you're counting Micah, that's a flex. Your defensive tackle is better. Your position, especially interior with Mozzie and Hankins. You didn't have that last year. Mm-hmm. And Junior Fahoku started going this last week. So I'm interested uh-huh. in here. I know you are. Yes. Uh, and then I think still your best defensive tackle is, without a doubt, Osa um, overall. And, uh, and Neville's been having a good camp. He's going to make and it. And he needs a, to. And he needs yeah, to he to stay here, which uh, is, that's again, he's, doing what, he he's do. doing what he needs to do. I mean, Quentin Bohanna, we just drafted this guy last year, right? Was it last two, year or two, two years, years ago? Yeah. Two years ago. And uh, we obviously like him enough that he's stuck around this yeah. long, but he's going to be casualty. Guaranteed he's going to oh, be yeah. a casualty. He's yeah. going to be into the roster at best. At best. The, so I would just say this. And that's crazy. Think about this for a second. In the fourth quarter of preseason game one, out on the field, I mean, you saw – Isaac Alarcorn, okay, getting some snap. But at the end of that game, before right before that in the fourth quarter, I swear I saw Neville Gallimore and Quentin Bohanna getting snaps. That should tell you all you need to know about the improved depth because those uh-huh. guys were spot yeah. starters and starters the yes. last two years. Yes. And Bohanna was, I mean, he's a, he was a decent backup, could be a decent, but he definitely was a position we needed to improve from, you know. And – Woo-hoo. That's why I don't think he's going to He's a, what is he, your third nose tackle, you know? I mean, who keeps three nose tackles? Right now, it's less than 50%, I would say, for oh, Bohanna yeah. and, and maybe Gallimore. Maybe Gallimore, yeah, too. Maybe. Depends on how much he continues to uh-huh. show out. I'll tell you another name that I know that they wouldn't want to get rid of. I don't know why they would get rid of him, but I'm wondering if he makes the cut, and that would be Golston. Because yeah, so I'm yeah. not hearing a lot about him in training camp, and so many others around him are having good camps. Not to say that he's having a bad camp, but what are you doing? And where do you – he probably is higher because of the draft choice. So right now, Golston is a useful animal, if you will. So right now he ranks probably, you could say, six among your ends and maybe I would say fifth amongst your tackles. So he is certainly, right now, I think he's kind of on the fence in terms of making the roster, but possibly a guy you stash, maybe, you know, hamstring, maybe he moves on in a, in a deal, maybe you just have to end up cutting him. But those are the types of guys you have to get tricky on with that final cutdown. They'll hang until the final cutdown, and you have to be creative with 
can I keep this guy in this guy? How do I do it? You know, who's on non-entry, I mean, non who's on pop, that sort of thing. I get the feeling, like, we've got a good number of guys that are probably not going to make this roster that I feel are good enough that we could trade them. I think Golston you could get a late pick for seventh something. Even He was, a what, swap. a fourth-round draft pick? Golston was a, a yeah. yeah, I think he was middle of the draft. He might even be a His value third. Third or fourth. He's, in 2021. He yeah. was valuable to his last. He's versatile. Like you said, mm -hmm. he can play end or but tackle. we just drafted another but one as, of those yeah, guys. Yeah, as we Hickel. keep stocking those positions and they keep getting deeper mm -hmm. at their own units by themselves, mm -hmm. it's almost like his versatility isn't what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm looking for depth at these positions now, you know, individually. Well, and I need you to be more dominant in one of them or both of them mm -hmm. that you're so versatile mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. because I just drafted a guy who's yeah. a little more dominant than you in this part of the game. I, got, I draft a guy who <coughs> plays nothing but defensive tackle, well, and he's better than you when you're a part-time defensive tackle. So now that's the guy he's got to be better than. Well, imagine this. Let's say, okay, they, they are kind of where we have them in the pecking order now. So what happens if, you know, against Seattle or next week against Oakland, if someone like Ben Bonogu goes, goes ham on you mm -hmm. or someone like that or, you know, I mean, you're going to have to rethink some things because we only seen the one preseason game mm -hmm. with extended staffs in Seattle and, of course, Oakland. Uh, these things can shift for those guys like McEwen and uh, those defensive – like Golston. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cut down day is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But I'm with you. The offensive side of the ball is not as deep. It just tells me how the good the defensive side defense, of the ball the, is. The defense has just got numbers. It's crazy that yeah. they've done that in three years. Okay, uh, you, they yeah. have overhauled an entire defense. This has everything to do with McCarthy, I think, and Quinn walking in the building saying, "Draft me an athlete." McCarthy's not telling Will. I'm keeping you in a box of who I want you to pick from. You pick the best athlete, and we will put them to work. And that's how I think our depth has grown. I would say after 2020, one of your flash defensive players was Jalen Smith. <laughs> how far have we come? Uh -huh. So I would say I'm not going to give Dan. I'm sorry, I'm not going to give Mike McCarthy the credit with his vision. I will give him credit enough to say hey, it's time to make a change because he did bring in Mike Nolan uh -huh. initially, and he didn't even fire him after Dan, that first six games. Yeah. So Dan Quinn came in with one philosophy, and we talked about it on draft day plenty of times when we were like, who is this? Why is this? Why not this guy? They started trait drafting on defense. They went after length, yep, length, mm -hmm. length, and length, speed at all positions. And fast. Length. They wanted length, long arms, uh, six three instead of six one. When we had a fifty fifty on this guy, Overshone's an example of that. We've seen this with uh, with several of their draft picks, especially in the second, third, fourth rounds. I just yeah. like that it's open right. to the clear. athlete. You know, it's not. It's not. I think back to. Uh, the old defensive coordinator we had, Mr. Marinelli. Uh, I mean, he put Will in a box. He would tell him that he didn't need these kinds of players. McCarthy brings in the philosophy of, I'll take the best athlete that you can get me, Will, and then, and then we'll figure it out. Dan Quinn said, while you're getting the best athlete, get one Let's with Let's make sure traits. that they have long arms and make sure and that, like, you yeah, know, okay, they, put cool their, they put their heads together and – I mean, I'm with you. I think it's a mix of both because I think without Mike coming in that way, we wouldn't be as open to drafting more 
openly looking at athletes versus in a box, and I do believe Dan Quinn has everything to do with the defense. We would not have this defense without the personnel without Dan Quinn. No. The defense you said in 2020 to the defense now, the change was Dan Quinn. Yes. So this is being brought about mostly by Dan Quinn. But let me pose a question, y'all. The Cowboys, God bless them, waited until we were all born to – win a Super Bowl <laughs> and so we've seen some good we've seen Doomsday we've yep. seen Jimmy Johnson we got this version uh, is Ooh. this the best defense the Dallas Cowboys have ever had no uh, no no what, what do you what, it is you the, the best Jimmy it's the best Doomsday yeah I would say Doomsday first because they can talk to you about four Hall of Famers on that side of the ball I can tell you about 76 yeah I mean yeah seven so I mean we're talking about the early 70s when you're talking about you're talking about Jethro you're talking about Bob Lilly you know you're talking about Larry Cole you're talking I mean Leroy Jordan uh 54 Chuck Howley Mel Renfro out here Cornell Green I mean yeah I'm not gonna go there yet but this could be the best unit in the NFL and I will say Unequivocally, this is the most excited I've been about a Cowboys uh, team overall since 1993. Let me rephrase his question to you. Okay. Could this defense become the best defense we've ever seen? That wasn't the question. Could they be better than the Doomsday? Because I'm I'm with you. No, you're not. Yes, sir. No, you're not. Yes, sir. I definitely think that we're on pace to be as good or better than Jimmy's D because we look good. I mean, even them. I, I know. Put, That's what I said. I, I think we're on the way to that. I don't – I think this year is going to be very telling, you know, if we're able to stack the last two – you stack another year of just domination yeah. and taking our defense to an elite level. But do they have the longevity to become as good as the Doomsday? I think that's a question you ask after one year of dominance, and we haven't seen it yet. Maybe we'll no, see it this year. But we have ha- have had two years of – haven't we led the league in turnovers the last two yes. years? Yes, you have yes. done that. And that has not been done since, like, the 70s or something ridiculous. Right, right. You know, that's, that's – an. I mean, it's not Baltimore Raven numbers, but that's an impressive feat to pull off. I mean, you talk about being consistent – no one's been able to do that in like 50 years. You have some good defense in the NFL. Are we the best? Maybe. We yeah. might be. We might be this year. But we don't, we're not we don't so know at the top of our game. We haven't been. I would like to see it. But, yes. Yeah. No, I'm with you. The excitement level probably gives rise to us thinking, you know, hey, this is possible. What I'll could grant be? you that. We went into that uh, San Francisco game last year. Uh, the thought was that San Francisco was basically going to exploit a weakness and run for 180 yards, like a lot of teams had up to that point, except for Tampa, which they don't run the ball at all. And that was going to be our undoing. As we watched the game, and here we are, what, eight months later, or seven months later, I would say in that game against San Francisco, I don't care if it's Brock Purdy because they were winning with Brock Purdy. I would say that to me after that game, was kind of like what I saw after Troy Aikman in San Francisco in 94. We lost, but it was one of his greatest performances. Uh-huh. In that game in San Francisco last year, I thought the defense played at a championship level. They I thought did. it was their best performance they did. to that point in the year. Yep. I agree. Yeah, they played great. They did. And like, I, thought, I, I was scared of McCaffrey. How, how are we going to – he, he was nothing. You know, they, to, what did we hold them to? I don't even think 19? they broke – Was it 19? Yeah, I thought it was 19. Yeah, they didn't yeah. rush for over 100 yards. I know that. 
Right, but yeah, just I, I should be excited. I will be a very. I just, I'm well, very they got to back that up. They got to back that up and do yeah. it again. And you got to rely, be able to rely on that. It big heavy heavy plant. So the you know. I think it's coming. If we're talking about it, we're talking. Well, let's talk about the things that get us there. Well, you had a problem at corner, especially after your two corners, Jordan and uh, uh, Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown went down. That got exploded. It got exploited in the, in the past, but also in the run game, it got exploited. What did you do? You brought in Hankins late in the year. That seemed to really help as a stopgap, you know, in terms of, of not letting teams just gash you inside. You draft Mozzie. You add linebacker depth. You get Stephon Gilmore, and, you know, on and on. I mean, you made these additions. You've gotten even more athletic. You might have some young kids. Whether I believe it's the best dominant defense on the level of Doomsday or not, they put themselves in a position to possibly be the best defense in the NFL, and they, they very well could be. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think they're going to flirt with it this year. Like, I think so. You've been preaching it all off depth, depth, depth. Yep. You know, these injuries <clears throat> we had that hurt us. Man, it does seem like we got other guys in line, you know, just the depths for all the way down to sustain injuries our next man up and be in a better position than even last year. And identifying some of the, like you said, they were people were running against us. Okay, you know, uh, we go out and get Mozzie. You know, uh, Leighton Vanderess injury hurts us. Okay, we get Dio from Texas. Yes, you know, who's been lighting it up. Cornerback gets hurt. Okay, we we churn it out. We're bringing these dudes in. We get Gilmore. I mean, this is an All Pro type dude, but we're not resting there. So what takes us there? It's not going to be Micah. Micah is just going to play his ass off no matter what. And elevate. He's going to be the elevator, right? He's going to try to get guys to come with him, take them to the to the deep water and all that. The guys that are going to make a transformation are going to be guys like, I mean, Sam Williams. They're going to be guys like Dante Fowler. Those could be starting defensive ends in a lot of places. Uh-huh. They're going to be guys. Sam they're going to be guys like Junior Fohoku if he pops, or 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 in this case, Damone Clark who needs to make a jump. Who needs to make a jump and look really good against Jacksonville? I that can't. continues. I am so excited about him. And of course, my guy that I really started warm to didn't. I mean, is Demarvin Overshone, who at Texas was hit or miss, given you know, but improved his final year, his senior year, his super senior year at Texas, and is better at the point of attack the last two years than I can recall him ever being. And now you have guys that we thought they were going to start two years ago. We were excited about Jabril Cox, who may or may not find his way. He's yeah. still kind of lost. Now you got. I mean, uh, Isaiah Lane had you, a pretty good game. Devin Harper has been having a great game. Yeah. So there's a play about Devin Harper in that game against Jacksonville that probably didn't leap off tape, but it was in the third quarter. I want to believe he was, or maybe the fourth quarter. Jacksonville throws a middle screen. They have blockers out front, and immediately this guy, Devin Harper, number 50, recognizes it right away, gets around a block that a lot of people aren't getting around. He's in space. He eludes that block and gets in and makes an, a tackle for a minimal game. We're not seeing that a lot from our linebackers that are there now. This is a guy that has that sort of range. I think Jabril Cox is in real trouble, just to speak on what you were saying, because I don't know how many of these guys we do end up getting. If you play Mike, a kind of pencil minute linebacker. Isaiah Lamb may come down to one of those Chauncey Goldston you know, decisions. It might come down. I mean, same with Jabril Cox. Jabril Cox is going to have to all of a sudden not be the linebacker of the future. He's going to have to be special teams extraordinaire and backup linebacker yeah. if he wants to remain on this roster. That's going to be the difference. This is a year I'd really like to be able to be behind the scenes, you know, hard knock style oh, when they're making it. those cuts and, and hearing the to, uh, position coaches fight for their guys, man. And and, and the, 
special teams. I was listening to David Moore talk about this the other day, and he said that he thinks that what the Cowboys would have loved to have happened was John Stevens come in, have a decent camp, mm-hmm. let me stash him. Mm-hmm. And I think they feel the way, that way about a lot of these mm-hmm. guys. The problem is these guys are like, I'm coming to play, yeah. and they're all showing up to play, and they're all making life really fucking hard on the decision makers because you, you, we keep naming names. I mean, Jabril Cox is nothing to sneeze about, and he might yeah, actually he's having a, an okay camp. He's not doing shitty, you know. But we're talking about getting rid of a guy that uh, a lot of people think highly of. I mean, we keep naming mm-hmm. names, and I it's know. like we only have 53 spots in a practice squad. You know, where we're, all of these names can't make it. I was just going to say that you might see out there for, for the games against Seattle and Oakland, you might see someone like John Stevens – not get snaps, not get snaps against Seattle or Oakland, yeah. and, and the public's like, why, why he's doing so well, for the exact same reason you were just talking about. Less on, you you have a good feeling about him, you feel confident, you've seen enough. I don't need any tape out there in the league. I don't need to expose him. Uh, we've made our decision on this guy. It might give you a better chance at, at putting someone, slipping someone through, mm-hmm. or you might just have him on your roster. I love the game. Every year there's a camp darling. Who I know the Cowboy fans are like, oh, you can't. He'll never make the practice squad, and they invariably do make the practice squad. So w- there is a tendency to overhype. Like you said, we're aware of John Stevens, right. but maybe the rest of the NFL is not as aware as we are. And if you shut him down, he just slides right through. Because every team's got players like that. A lot of teams right. got players it's, that other guys are watching right it's now. It's the beautiful thing about July and August. Uh, things are wonderful. Things start breaking in September. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I would like to, uh, I'm still amazed that after all this time, you have not talked about a certain player. Uh, we, we all saw it happen before our eyes. We knew it was going to happen. It came to fruition. The deuce is loose, man. He looked good. The deuce looked good, and he looked, Scott, you were talking about you think that, you know, moving forward, you think he'll take over that second running back spot. It's already done. It's done. Yeah, it's done. It's th- that is done. In fact, and he, now comes the time share with Pollard and keep Pollard at his numbers, and Deuce at his. His size is you, actually are, are, advantage. Are you being a hundred percent honest with me? You think that's the deal? That was sealed. I think. In fact, the the depth chart when they released it against Jackson before they had Dowdle that and Dowdle? Davis. Mm-hmm. That was all, and that was all really to me a plan. These are what we, these are guys are going to get work. Yeah, and works. So Deuce is probably his workload's probably going to decrease until the Giants game. You may see him a little bit tomorrow night. I would imagine you start seeing him get him some work, but it's time to put him soon under wrap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's like summer league in basketball, and I feel like okay, now we're coming to game two, so like maybe a quarter, maybe you know, and then we shut him down for the rest of the summer league. Before I told Ben about Deuce when I when I saw him saw him three years ago, and I still stick by this, and I mean it. That was COVID. That was the COVID. That was 2020 years, freshman year in Texas. I was the biggest Bijan fan. I remember the story. Yeah, and I left the game not knowing he was better. And I, yeah. there was no way I thought anyone would be better than Bijan. And he's living up. I mean, he. It's. I'm seeing Barry Sanders shit out there against Jacksonville. He's, he's hard that to see. Shit was, he's small. That's exactly what the the shiftiness and mm-hmm. the cuts look so Barry Sanders ish. It's scary. I was. I was. I went on and read some Philadelphia Eagles talk, and. These dudes, it's a trip because they, they hate the Cowboys. 
but they do respect Deuce Vaughn for some odd reason. And they're, they don't talk bad on him or not, and they're like, man, fuck, we got to deal with that. Yeah. You know, they are very concerned, and they're not trying to put that out in the universe. It's a problem. I would love if you were right, and he is the number two guy, and he's getting the number two workload. I, th- I think, like you said, I think it's done. I mean, so with more, that being said, with what Davis, you just saw, come on. Davis doesn't make the roster then is what you're saying. Rico's winning that battle. I don't think Malik Davis, he's not – I was very hopeful of him. He mm-hmm. hasn't really impressed me this camp the way I was hoping he could. But to Scott's point of having Rico, that number two on that depth chart, usually that guy who leads your preseason team and carries is just that guy you, you don't care what happens to They're him. are going to be exposed, yeah. Because you ain't bringing him with you right. when, you know, you're trying to you keep all these point. other dudes healthy. I see what you're saying. So who's ever getting the most carries or the most work out of there probably ain't making the team. Yeah. Between Rico and Malik, I can see that it's unknown. We it is. Do, we, you know, we're guessing here, but that's just the read we have. I would love that. Well, you did, oh we God, just I named off. That. He didn't have much to beat out for the second running back. Let's be right. honest. Not after so. what he showed against Jacksonville. Yeah, that 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 one run that was that was amazing. Man. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that, that was that run was uh-huh. and if sweet. if uh, Hoka would have made his block, it would have been a touchdown. Ah. Oh. I was reading uh, an article on him today uh, that, but it's there. His running backs coach and his high school and his head coach talk extremely highly of him. Like he's not just got these little you know skills. Like he's extremely smart. Like he studies. He's yeah. You know, uh, the coach gave a story of they were playing a game. I want to say it was his freshman year at Kansas State. Kansas State, right? Mm -hmm. And. They've been in the game. He was playing, and he was standing over the sidelines, and he's like, hey, coach, I saw this. Can we try this? And the coach was like, yeah. And he goes, and we scored a touchdown. Like, boom, scored a touchdown because of something that he noticed. Well, not only that, but I to notice it, but then to speak up on it, you know? As a freshman. Not just sit back and be like, I wish they do this. Yeah, I know the confidence. As a freshman, uh, yeah. If if you haven't heard Deuce Vaughn talk at length so if you haven't heard him talk at length it's going to take you all of 30 seconds to realize you love the person. Big time of course can't take all the credit uh, great scheme great call great blocking up front and then uh, put the ball in the end zone for a second time uh, in a row as weeks go just building that consistency uh, and just, just trying to put my best uh, foot forward. He's extremely humble personable charismatic we all have to be pulling for a guy. Like uh, right down to, like you said, you're a Longhorn fan, and you watch that game, and part of you is like kind of pulling and rooting and admiring the guy. And same with these Eagle fans who just watched what he did. They hate us, but they're admiring him. Man, this guy, he's going to have a lot of goodwill behind him. Aaron, I'll, I'll go you one further. So we all know Tony Pollard's going into a year where his future is uncertain beyond uh, this year. <laughs> there will be a point this year. With Tony Pollard healthy, where the feature back may not be Tony Pollard. And I think Tony Pollard's a top six, top seven running back in the league right now. Yeah. Interesting. The only problem is if you want him in pass pro, you got a problem because he gets blown up by linebackers. You're not ever going to want him in there taking blocks. It's just not something he can do at any level. But the way you get past that is you swing him out. He becomes an outlet threat. Yeah. But you, I tell you, as far as pass you, pro. You make them pay for it, you yeah. know. As far as pass pro, you don't want it tells, you know, hey, hey, if he's in the game, you know they're running or you know 
he's going to have to be in the play because he's not going to be picking up blocks. But if you put that fear in the defense where they're they're either going to commit all the way it's and Darren just try Sproles. to blow it up before yeah. it gets to him or even play some dummy coverage on him, it will open it up for other things if they start – if you – you know, I would if, say if yeah, I'm sorry. I would say that if he's in the game, he's more than likely going to be, uh, if not your primary, he's going to be a quick secondary read. Uh, you, you don't want yeah, you're not going to have him in the game to go for longer longer trees on the route. Would well, you run him and Pollard together? Yes, I absolutely would. I absolutely it's going to take a receiver would. off the field, but sometimes you got to do what you got to we'll do. Take the tight end off. Yeah, I mean, what now you're. T- you, that's what's so beautiful about this thing, and I like Mike McCarthy's quick timing. Uh-huh. This Texas coast. Um, Cause the mat, you know, take the tight ends off. Okay, cool. But I'm taking off Jake Ferguson and shoot. You know, I'm taking off two number one tight ends to make well, for this. You see a lot of it. But. I don't know if you've heard of what. Dak, but I like doing it. And, what and Dak has wrinkle. said about yeah. him. Dak said he's got the most natural hands as a receiver in camp. Well, I, I'm with you, Scott. I got Tony Pollard in my top six, seven backs also, and with the financial commitment we're making to Deuce as a you know, late round draft pick, six round pick. Um, I think you can run it back with the band next year. You know, you could you could pay a little bit for Pollard. It's not good economics in today's NFL, but at that position, essentially whatever you pay Pollard's what you're paying that position. Because these other two, the backups are getting nothing. Or you just go get your next Pollard. Yeah. You're, we're we're open you're not, to both. And then you're not spending yeah. $10 million we're at open all. To both. I mean, we're a six-round draft pick on a four-year contract is yeah. not getting squats. Yeah, it depends on what the market out there for Pollard would be. Yeah. Know. Don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. Yeah. What's a good scenario? Well, I mean, what? Well, look at Zeke just got a one-year, $2 million deal mm-hmm. with potential to – and a $1 million signing bonus with the potential to get $6 million in incentives. Mm-hmm. And Dalvin Cook signed a one-year deal – I think it was seven million guaranteed, yeah. all guaranteed. I don't know if y'all stopped down on uh, Hard Knocks this week. Catch episode yeah, two on Tuesday night. For us. Yeah. No, we're all supposed to be watching this. Oh, is homework. Homework. Yeah. Uh, Just like you were supposed to watch the Manziel doc, I did and you watch didn't. That. I did watch. That's that. not what you said before later. the show. Well, I, I'm I, I was going to bring it up, and you said that you hadn't watched it yet. So no, but what what, what happened on Hard Knocks? Uh, did you catch Hard Knocks? This week, <laughs> of course, uh, it was uh, it was fun stuff. They, uh, I like how Robert Sala called out his offensive line. You can have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You can have two ten million dollar plus receivers. You can have a reigning offensive rookie of the year. You can have all kinds of skill in the running back room. None of it fucking matters until the big boys up front change who the fuck we are. That was pretty nice. Yeah, the practice against Carolina and he right told away. Him, he's like, I, ah, you know, I went back and watched the silent tape. It's going to be a problem for them this oh, year. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a huge problem for uh, the Jets. I would say for Aaron Rodgers, if it were younger, Aaron Rodgers might be future, our present state, Aaron Rodgers. He can work with a uh, substandard offensive line, but, you know, now we're in our upper 30s, so hard to know. They started off hard knocks with, uh, I guess it was a team building exercise with a mentalist. Okay. I've heard of Rogers the mentalist. Loves this. Where every like team does this now. Have every you ever te- heard of the mentalist? Every team does this now. Almost. Oh, really? It's a TV yeah. show. It's like a magic. He's like a magician. Like he had Aaron Rodgers draw a card out of a deck. Okay. Okay. His way of picking which suit it was 
was he immediately just rattled off all the suits in the deck and he just stared at them. And he watched his facial tics when he hit the right okay. suit. So he knew that it was a diamond because of something that he said. And somehow he figured out the... the Think red, black. Think hearts, diamonds, club spades. See that reaction, that flinch? I know which way you're throwing the ball. It's a diamond, am I right? Yeah. I'm gonna do you one better than guess it. I'm gonna find it. Hold your hands tight. Don't take it out. Don't move, don't move. Let me reach in just a little. What card did you think of? Say it. Three of diamonds. Three of diamonds. Oh! Well, hold on, hold on. Tell us, what'd you think of? I was a goldfish. A goldfish? Yes. Seriously? Yes. I got you. Look in your hands, Aaron. <laughs> I think it's a card trick. It was just a like card a magician's trick. like, hey, some, you got some a David Lynch. I mean, it was a card just, trick, yeah. but they did. And the, he's like, oh, I saw by your reaction, but I knew it was a diamond all the time. Well, no, he pulled Michael Carter up front and told him to pick a new jersey number. Uh, and so he had him think of this jersey number. He didn't write it yeah. down. He didn't speak it. He didn't tell anybody. He had him turn around with his back to the whole room. And then the dude wrote the number 10 on a piece of paper and put it on his back. He's like, all right, tell everybody what your number was. 10. All right, so I got, now i got to watch it. i, I got to yeah, tune in. It may be the guy, the same guy that did it, or they had another guy do this with the Bucks last year. I've seen the really? last couple. Yeah, this is this is good team building. You know, I it guess. does engage. But I mean, it's fun, entertainment. And it is. I don't know how you got, you I'm do tuning that. in. You got this. multiple I, people yeah. involved. Hand this to them. Yes, it would be appreciated if you would do your homework. I, I, you know, because we're ready to talk Manziel. I, I am too. Well, and I tell, thought we tell were us supposed what to you, tell us, tell us about it. Well, I thought we were supposed to watch the telemarketers. So I've been watching that on HBO. Oh, that's oh. another one we need to get into. Right? Yes. That's yes. What, yeah, I didn't know that it, uh -huh. I got it mixed up in the uh -huh. text. I talk about Big Pat. and I, I love see. Big yeah. Pat. Yeah. I love Big Pat. Man, you know what I thought when I heard, I haven't watched it, but when I heard them oh, talking about this, all over the why didn't here? we think mm -hmm. of doing this in the 80s? What? Telemarketing. These dudes are geniuses. Yeah, but that's because they're smart. Because they... Uh, and they have access to money to no, like, build companies. They're criminals. Yes. They well, came up with a smart. scheme. They came up with a scam. Oh, I mean, we could have done that. There's, hey, you know, we're calling for the Fraternal Order of the Dallas Police Department. And we would like to send you a sticker yes. for $50. Oh, I'm supporting the police. I, I feel I yes. invented this scam. Uh, when yeah. I was younger, they used to have something called the Jerry Lewis Telethon. Yes, we all and took part in that. As y'all know, my father was in a wheelchair. Oh, and so didn't know that. Our little club, uh, we went out and borrowed my dad's wheelchair, and went door to door on the day of, <laughs> and we raised up some money for a clubhouse party. Fucking Oliver Twist over here. Yeah, <laughs> and and my neighbor who sat in the wheelchair. My neighbor Bobby. Sat in the wheelchair, and I think we had a blanket. It was terrible acting. <laughs> I, it was terrible that we did this, That's man. That's some dumb and dumber shit right Yeah. Uh, hey, I tried and selling he a would cardboard like moan. box door to door. Come on. At least they so, made money. Sold a cardboard box? Yes. 
That's, I know. You ever heard like a lemonade stand or no, I, doing chores? You know, like door right to door these? trying to sell a damn box. Well, hell, we're playing. And all I got for it was switched all the way home. Switch, switch, switch. I mean, we're, we're, we're in a society now where we're paying $7 for some bottles of water. So someone's yes. always ahead of us, 20 yes. years ahead of mm-hmm. us making money. We're 20 years behind them, Man, 30 years behind the curve. That's we need to get ahead. We need to figure out something like that what AI a great needs scam. to buy from us. What a great scam, though. They were pay- they Let's literally gave the police department AI. money, and then they kept all the extra ten percent of the money. Yes, well, that, that, that's uh, America, man. All right, well, you need to uh, you need to get on that Manzel magic and scamming. You need to get on that Manzel I'll so we can on, talk I'm sorry, about it. I apologize, it. I got the wrong. Uh, I must got the wrong info. Mr. But I you need to get on on shit. the telemarketers. Did but you yeah, get Scotty. Did you get through all the hard knocks that you wanted to get to? Yeah, it really wasn't that exciting. I just wanted to touch base on the mentalist. It just popped say, in my head. I would say for the Jets, just to close down uh, <laughs> that segment, uh, the Jets' defensive uh, front seven, in particular defensive line, that would be a loaded unit. I, you know. I mean, remember, they, they drafted Will McDonald. Oh, yeah. You know, they I couldn't that wait. Is a couldn't little, that is a little weird. Yeah. Oh, he is. But, uh, he uh, likes to be pierced. So you talk about a, a team that really has reason to be uh, excited about their defense and Jets. Yeah, their defense is ridiculous. Yeah. Quinnen, is that how you say it? Quinnen? Quinnen Williams. <sighs> that well, dude who? lives in a backfield. Yes. Yeah, is that your other? You said they got two defensive player of the year candidates. Ahmad Gardner. Ahmad Gardner. Oh, yeah, Sauce. Sauce yeah, yeah, and yeah, Quinnen. Yeah. Yeah, their defense is nice. Yeah. I don't know about that D coordinator, though. Good Lord. Ulbrich, yeah. Ulbrich. Yeah. Uh, he used to play. Yes. Long okay. time ago, yeah. The name sounds familiar. Right. Rings a bell. He likes to cuss. I think his favorite <laughs> word is fuck. In every shape, form, or fashion. Of course, Hackett, Soros. He likes to cuss when there's no need to cuss. Mm-hmm. Right. He cusses to cuss. Hey, we're nowhere on camera. God, Maybe he does it all the time. I don't know. Football. Man, him and uh, freaking Hackett. Yeah, Nate Hackett, yeah. You know, like, is this the coach? Because I have a feeling that Denver wouldn't be what they were if that's the head coach that they got. Because I don't think I would be willing to bet that that guy that we see on Hard Knocks is not the guy that was in Denver last year. Sean Payton would like a word with you. (laughs) No, I think he would agree. (laughs) Man, I think that the problems in Denver was Russell Wilson. I'll take it back to you. Agreed. I think it was the first game of the season. They were on the road at Seattle. That's right. Yes, His, you said this. And they're on a comeback, yes. two-minute comeback. He has a chance to win the game. Yes. And Russell Wilson settles for oh, like oh. a 55-yard field goal. Yes. You know, I mean, they get it. They get it. Yeah, and then he called what he called a timeout he that lets he didn't have. He like 26 seconds run off the clock. You know. Well, and then calls Garrett, a timeout. The Jason Garrett That he didn't have. No, he had. Oh. They had the ball. At for for about a fifty-five yard field goal, Aaron they and pulled a Jason of, Garrett. Yeah, he let twenty seconds. He could have done another play, but he was content. <laughs> Why not go out macho hero up? The stage is set for you to be the star, and I, this dude I, settles honestly, for a fifty-seven yard field goal. Man, that already know. told me about this dude. I don't know. I agree with you. Russell Wilson might be done. Might be done, but I think Nathaniel Hackett chose to let Russell Wilson do whatever he wanted mm-hmm. to in Denver, and I think it's possible that Peyton is right, that it came from higher up. Well, Elway. Yeah. Yeah, you LA know, all the guys up top, Patton, the yeah. GM, they all said yes to whatever Russell Wilson mm-hmm. wanted, 
And I think maybe that did affect the dynamic so for Hackett. Mm-hmm. But I just I have a feeling that if the guy that we see in Hard Knocks was the guy that was showing that guy showed out in Denver, I don't know. I think he probably was. I mean, he was that true guy. He was that way at Green Bay. I think he probably was. You're going to be any team's pretty much going to be you know subservient to a certain level to your quarterback. True. You know when he has that much control, uh-huh. he just traded two first round picks for him. Yeah, you're at the mercy. And they gave enough. him a shh. Shit, ton of money, and you're the new head coach. You're the mm-hmm. rookie head coach. They didn't give him much leash at all. No, that's just whatsoever. a tough situation to be in. Yeah, he looks much happier. Free, right? Oh, free. boy, yeah. he's having fun with that. Do you have any? So back to the Jacksonville game, or back to the Cowboys, if I can. Of course. Do you have any um, any performances that you'd like to call out that maybe these guys have to step it up? I've got a couple, but I wanted to ask you guys that. These guys probably, I mean, for example, not saying Gavante Tarver is going to be cut or Rico Dowdle is necessarily going to be cut, but any any things like that you notice. I will give uh, I'll give you a couple, but I want to ask you first. I would have to go, and as much as I don't think it'll happen, but a name that Ben brought up was Hendershot. He got the most plays in that game, and zero catches. Now that's not all his fault, mm-hmm. but. You get that many plays, your other tight ends got less plays, and they got catches. Mm-hmm. Was it because they were open, quarterback threw it to them? Was it a play, you know, uh, whatever it was, uh, Ferguson caught balls, Shoemaker caught a ball, didn't he? I think he caught he one. Yeah. Uh, Stevens obviously had his game. Uh, and Hinder shots out to the most out of all of them and doesn't catch anything. I mean, that could be a lot of things, mm-hmm. but, yeah, yeah, it's something that uh, – that's something you probably need to do a deep dive if we watch mm-hmm. it. You know, I, I can answer that one. Yeah, um, but if you're asking for a name, I need to see you, if you're going to get that many plays versus Seattle. Sure. You know, but does that go back to your theory just a minute ago with the running backs? Him getting most plays, Right. does that mean that he's the low man on the totem pole? One more thing. I would say Jalen Tolbert, to me, probably was one of your best uh, on the play where Rico Dowdle had the longer run and fumbled. Uh, as he was nearing the goal yes. line, a key block there to me, the key block on that play to spring him was Jalen Tolbert. Um, and I thought that was a big deal. Uh, another guy, I would say your kicker, Aubrey, uh, you kind of have to do a little better. You have to be perfect on your points after. But so he, disappointed by that. Right. That's the guy that, that's why the, the last guy got run out of here. I hope he has a, uh, at least a perfect game from the point after uh, standpoint tomorrow. And then finally, I would say, uh, too early to tell, but uh, something I've been seeing in practice, uh, Mozzie Smith was good on a lot of plays. I was, was really surprised good. y'all didn't bring him up earlier. But Mozzie Smith has has something to work on. Uh, I think we all recognize it. He is a bit slow on his get-off, and if he's going to be slow on his get-off in key situations, that absolutely negates his gifts, his ability to play with power um, and his, his pad level. They, you notice they gave him a lot of work. Yeah. So conditioning is certainly something they're wanting to get to, to work on, but he's got to play. He's got to play lower, and he's definitely got to have better get off, because when he does have good get off, he he's he's a pro. He can be a problem, but I think that's something he has to work. Well, on. his first NFL game, and a little dinged up, and I think the rushing against him was just non-existent. But 
I'd have to. I'd have to go back. He was disappointed with his own performance, so I expect better things from him. In practice, before he got hurt, he was doing the same thing. He's 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 very he's, he's slow get off, and I'm watching Josh. I'm watching uh, Tyron Smith just move him, and and the and the reason is he, you know it's that that slow reaction. Which the good news is you can work on that and get better. Uh, but oh, yeah. I just think it's a point of emphasis. But to be fair, he had some really good plays too, where yeah. he was collapsing. It's just something that might limit him until he works on it. Uh, you know, Hankins said, Hankins talked about this, uh, him, that being an issue for him. And he's like, man, if he can get his hands on you, it's over. Game over. Mm-hmm. But because of that slow get off, he's not always getting his hands where they need to be and getting them on you and controlling the situation. So, But I do think that that's something that will get fixed. I think it's a trained thing. I think that the more he trains to get off quicker, become quicker, you know, he'll then have it'll to, just become muscle memory. He'll have to or his snaps will be limited. I suspect that that's already an area of focus on has been. Because in Michigan, he was simply – he's not he's not too – he's two gapping. He was just one gapping attack, a gap uh-huh. in Michigan, and it's a different ball game. So it just takes a little time to retrain your muscle memory, your brain. It's going to have to be something he focuses and drills and drills yeah. and drills. Uh-huh. In fact, I bet you that we will see improvement throughout the season, but we probably won't see the, like, okay. oh, aha, he's better at it till next year. So hard work and mental preparation. And an off-season of real training. Then he'll, I think he'll get it done. I would, be, yeah. I would go so far as to say I think they knew this was something yeah. they'd have to deal with sure. anyway. Uh, interestingly enough, tomorrow he's going to go against his college teammate who was also drafted in this draft, Olu, Oluwatami. Uh, so they will be squaring off uh, center against one tech tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, you know, highly looked upon center there too. So, I mean, well, yes. Um, anybody got else anything they want to throw out there? Well, I am curious to see tomorrow, man. Before uh, we wrap, 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 yeah. wrap, wrap uh, it up. We got a game tomorrow at 9 o'clock, like Scott was saying earlier, in Seattle. Um, so I'm looking forward to tuning into that game tomorrow and uh, seeing how some of these guys we talked about, you know, when we get together next week, seeing what the lay of the land looks like. Is anybody stock risen, made the team, made the, you know, fallen off the team? I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's game. You asked the question last week, and we kind of answered it, so I'll ask it back to you. Anything in particular you're looking for in the Seattle game that you'd like to see? I would like to see Will Greer. I knew you were coming with Will Greer. Do well enough to possibly unseat Cooper Rush. That's not going to happen. Cooper Rush, what did he go last this year? This is Five what we come oh. for. This is what we come for. You asked? Uh, yeah. You asked. But what was he last year as a backup? I didn't say he what was going to do it. I said I would like to see him yeah. do it. Well, Shit, I'd like to see him replace Because I'd Dak. like to see, huh? I mean, if he played better than Dak, then I have a quarterback better than Let's Dak. Let's be realistic. Will Greer has a possibility to be better than Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush is That's not true. great. But I just, hey, if I, I was Will, trying to get Cooper Rush off the team last if year. If Will so. Greer can get a, get a better handle on reading the defense and finding his reads and getting the ball out when he needs to and not taking the sacks, the dude has more athleticism and a much bigger arm than Cooper Rush. I mean, you talk about if he was good enough to become the number two, you wouldn't you wouldn't have to change a whole lot. Mm-hmm. With Cooper Rush, there's you know, yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to see you're him. You're not going deep. Yeah, 
What about you, Ben? <coughs> uh, anything you're hoping to see? I do hope, like you were talking about, they don't shut him down just yet because I'd like to see Deuce. Absolutely. I'd like to see. I'd like to see him. And I am going to watch those receivers again. I think that Jalen Tolbert, you know, the line starts behind him uh, with some of these roster cuts. You know, Turpin having a fumble last week. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. Uh, and and that Fajoko and Jalen over there, the other receiver, and now with some funky stuff going on or, you know, some numbers at the tight end situation. I just want to see how that whole fourth tight end, fifth, sixth receiver ends up shaking out. So I want to be watching that. I know you'll be watching the offensive line. Well, before you answer the question, Mm -hmm. I would also like to add Jalen Brooks to that. Okay, yeah. Because he's been having such a good camp, and I think that the game, the stage – he might have had a little nervous. I cut him some slack last week. Yes, that's what I said. But I want to see him show up tomorrow night like he's been showing up during yeah. camp with Will, Will Greer throwing him the ball. Yeah, Scott? so that's great. So I would say, yeah, it's going to be the young receivers for me because typically your second preseason game, even though you're not playing starters, is probably for Dallas going to be more your your closest uh, facsimile of what you might see, you know, your offense trying to perform at a higher level, it's never going to be the first game, right? So you like to see more coordination in the passing game, which brings in Jalen Brooks, which brings in Simi Fajoko to get some looks where they weren't getting even getting to the guy last week. I would, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for, an improved offensive line play from some of the reserves. And last thing I would say, Brian Anger, which is obviously a, a, an accomplished bunter uh, last week, uh, 51.6. The directional kicking Ooh. was outstanding. He was pinning guys on the sideline. They had two inside the 20. I just think the guy's a, a genius at punting the ball. So that's you it. You woke up that Saturday morning and watched <laughs> that training camp practice, two hours of field goal kicks two hours going of to the left. Yeah. And now you've branched it now out, Brian and you're bringing us punter update. Yes. I, what you, next week is it going to be the long snapper or the holder? I just saw pinpoint accuracy. This guy putting on the sideline, I just was impressed. I never watched that, but I wanted to to mention it. No, I like it. I He's like pretty it. amazing. It's a weapon, man. We'll we'll look at the deep yes. snapper uh, for next week. For yes. you. Well, before we close out, I do want to throw one more thing into the middle of the ring to see if anybody saw this. But we've gone three weeks of camp. We closed out Oxnard the other day. We got our game in Seattle, then we're coming back to Dallas. We went three weeks. No fisticuffs. No dust-ups. But the last day of camp, the very end of that practice, oh my God. we went bam, bam. We had fight, fight. And we had punches thrown. And when I talk punches last thrown... Oh, my gosh, I don't think I've ever seen anybody throw a punch that hard to a man wearing a helmet. Yeah, it's like the NFL had like three or four of those on, on the last padded practice. Uh-huh. But, yeah, Dallas had two. Ooh, did think. you catch it? It's, I honestly thought you were going to bring up the Barbie movie. Has anybody seen that? Anyway, so Micah was involved in both of these, and I, I like the fact. I like the fact that in the one where Brock – Yes, Tyler Biotis was involved in both Bra- of these, too. Brock, Brock was in <laughs> there, and then here comes Tyler Biotis. To, to back. I like the fact that he came in. I think fights are good and bad. And if you're not having a fight, you're not really practicing. You're, you're, you're not doing football. Edgy enough. But at the same time, uh, it gets a little silly. When, you know, uh, you want your guys to uh, to come to the defense of their teammates. You hear me, Dion? 
uh, at the same time, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't need someone breaking their hand on a helmet or something. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. But, uh, yeah, Sam Williams, uh, Micah, Tyler, Brock. That'll be it for show number eight. Thanks for joining us here in the rabbit hole. Always appreciate the listeners. Thanks for showing up, fellas. Scott, I'm glad that you, now, why you uh, stepped out into the heat to yes. join us today and step away from your AC. I hope you guys have a good week. Thanks for joining us next week. I'm a serial killer. Now, why don't you go outside and chase some rabbits? So amazing to say out loud. Sarah Smith is live at Townsend Elementary where this all happened. Sarah, a shocking crime to say the least. Yeah, the police here say that the siblings were having sex on that playground that you were just talking about and things went too far. Don't you go too far.